Welcome back to the Honeycut Scenario with me, Craig. Haven't talked to you in a little while. There has a lot, there has a lot, there has been a lot going on in House Honeycut here. Um, We've had a death in the family. Trisha's father passed away, Tony Joseph Sr. And we're coming up on Halloween, so we're at the end of the life cycle of the year, and it always brings up things about mortality, aging, death, the temporal nature of this physical reality that we live in. It's one of my mostly favorite seasons. I just put a little caveat on that because of the loss that we're experiencing right now. Um, And so we're going to talk about that stuff today. Uh, So before we get into all that, because this is going to be sort of a two-part series on the gift of death or the gift in death, which in the society, it's like you can't really talk about that. People don't want to hear that because death is scary. It's final. It's final in this world, at least. And uh, so before we get into that, of course, the weather update here, the Outer Banks has been rainy and it's been more fall weather. Uh, it's been grounding, which is nice. I was sunny a few days. So it's fall, right? So it's sometimes hot and sunny and sometimes windy and rainy and sometimes in between. And one of the things that I love about autumn down here are the shades of gray on the water. So that's an autumnal thing that I've gotten used to living near the water as opposed to surrounded by trees and mountains. Uh, music. The band Everything today is Friday here in a few minutes, 10 a.m., uh, the public sale of tickets for the 930 Club, uh, Emmett Swimming, and the band Everything, January 7th at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. Uh, there's only like 100 tickets that are going to go on sale because we sold out almost completely on pre-sale alone. So tickets flew out of the gate. It's going to be a great night, January 7th, 2023. If you can't get tickets to the 930 Club, uh, the band Everything is playing October 22nd at the Rams Head on stage in Annapolis. There are still a few tickets left. Um, get them because it's probably going to sell out because it's not a huge venue. Uh, it's going to be great. We have a really good band going right now. The band is making new music. We're actually heading up this weekend to the Sound of Music studio in Richmond to work with Mr. John Morand. Uh, Morand is well-known in independent music circles, uh, which Richmond is a hub of great indie music. We've known John forever. He has produced Sparkle Horse. He's worked with Cracker. He's just done some really cool shit. And so a couple years ago before the pandemic, we had talked about wanting to work with John Morant because part of getting back together as a band is to celebrate the things that are very, very meaningful to us. And we believe that great art comes from that authentic and meaningful place and just being brave to trust your intuition. So that's what we're going with. I'm excited to spend this the day with Nate and Steve in the studio. There's some beautiful stuff happening there. Um. I think that's it for the update with that stuff. So, oh, also November 5th in Richmond at the Broadberry. So that's going to be a great show as well. So it brings us to our topic today. It's kind of a, it's a very, these podcasts are very personal. Um, the gift in death. So December 2nd, 2016 was a Friday And I got a call from my mom, and she said, it's time. You need to come up. And I knew that 
my father, George Honeycutt, was going to be departing this earth in short order. In September, so three and a half months prior, three months prior, he had had a fall. So I had gone to a conference called the Hatch Experience, which is uh, creatives and change makers and out in Montana. And it was a really beautiful few days of immersion with very talented people trying to do cool stuff in the world. I came back and my daughter was turning one just a big birthday and it had been a long year. We hadn't been sleeping and uh, just, it was a tough year, tough first year with young Vera Bay. And my parents were supposed to come down for the first birthday party. And I got a call the night before. And my mom was obviously in a state of shock. And she was like, we can't come down. Your dad's fallen. He has uh, intracranial bleeding. He needs heart surgery, and she, you know it was a nonlinear story. So I was like getting the pieces, trying to put it together, and I was like, okay, this is not good. And my father was in the hospital for like a week before the surgery, and there's a lot of things that were sort of already stacked against him. And he had heart surgery, which didn't go well because the valve they put in didn't uh, work, so they had to put another one in in the same surgery. So he came out basically having two heart surgeries in one, and it was not good. And he spent the rest of his life in the hospital getting more and more sick. And at the end of the day, he had a longstanding infection that just eventually got a hold of him and ushered him off this planet. And it was a tough handful of months for my mom. And I'm sure some of you listening, you know this journey. It's not easy. And... I got the call to drive up and I was asking for guidance to not be afraid of death, to be brave in that moment in that hospital with my father. So a little bit about his journey. My father was born in East Tennessee in the mid thirties during the great depression. His family was poor they had a farm down in Greenville, Tennessee, but then moved up to Bluff City. My grandfather was a millwright who worked at on the Oak Ridge nuclear facility. He was gone a lot. My dad's first crib was a sock drawer, and he was kind of like the poor kid who moved to Bluff City. And my mom also lived in Bluff City, and my dad just liked to read. And I've spoken about this before, but he read enough that at some point, when he got out of high school in the 50s, he took an aptitude test for the Navy. He said, you know, take this test, you can get a scholarship. So he got a scholarship, went to the Navy, got out, started to date my mom in Virginia because my mom's living in Richmond. And when he got out of the Navy, he needed a job in 1960 if he was going to get married and have a family. So he signed up for NASA and NASA was hiring. So my father's trajectory is the trajectory of an incredible explosion of wealth and opportunity in this country for a lot of people who got off the small town after the war and got educated and had opportunity. And, you know, a guy who grew up poor on a farm during the depression is now working on satellites, putting things in outer space for this brand new agency. 
Uh, I've mentioned before he worked on Terra and Aqua, these uh, last two big projects that measure earth and water data. So he did a lot of environmental work. Uh, NASA is really at the forefront of monitoring so much stuff. There are so many incredible people working on projects for humanity in NASA. And ironically, at the Hatch Experience, I met some of those new people. And my dad had a great career in the uh, aerospace industry with NASA at Goddard Space Flight Center and put me through college, uh, helped my brother. My brother got a scholarship, spent his whole career in the Navy um, and retired and liked to chill and read and just came towards his time in September of 2016 to begin the end of his journey here on the planet. And I would like to say I was reflecting about this as I was driving up to Annapolis on Friday, December the 2nd, but I was just thinking about life in general, and I was thinking about being brave with him. And I pulled into the Anne Arundel Hospital near the Annapolis Mall, actually, and we went up to the critical care unit. That's where my father was. And I didn't know there was such thing as a CCR. And when I went into the waiting room to be admitted back to his room, where my mother already was and my brother was, I sat there and I saw a Christmas tree because it was the holiday season, December 2nd. And there were all of these cards with little hangers on them. So it was like a Christmas tree with little messages on it. And I went over and I looked at the messages, and all of the messages were messages of love and gratitude and thanks, and they were send-off cards. It was obviously that people – the CCR was a place of departure. It was like an airport lounge for the spiritual realm. And I knew it just, it just kept the layers of like, this is his time. And I went back. And he was in a very serious medical room, hooked up to a breather, and he was not well. I mean, he looked not well. He looked like an astronaut, rocket man. And I sat down on his right side, and I held his hand. And he was so happy to see me. I could feel it. And I wasn't an easy son to have. And he didn't quite understand me until later in my life when maybe I started to understand myself. But I held his hand. And I told him that I loved him. And that everything was going to be okay. And I closed my eyes. And I meditated. I, I don't know for how long. And as I meditated, I felt and saw the energy field that surrounds us as people and surrounded my father and was in that room. It was like sacred geometry, the angelic hosts, and... 
If anybody's ever taken mushrooms out there, it's like a mushroom trip. Psychedelic. Like we're connected to the web of life. And I felt the web of life and its intelligence around my father. And I realized like my father's container is starting to break apart and his spiritual energy is being accepted into the web of life, into the spiritual realms. And it felt very tangible to me. I felt the angels of mercy, the angels of compassion, his better angels, my angels. I felt that. And I knew it was going to be okay. I felt deep, deep love and compassion all around us. And my brother was there. My mom was there. And it was difficult, but we bonded together. And it was one of the single most powerful experiences of my life to be with him in his last few days. And to be with him as he departed this world. It was very peaceful. It's very quiet. And I think about that day often as one of the greatest gifts my father ever gave me. To be able to be there with him and my brother and my mom with open hearts and open eyes to the experience of departure. And my gratitude for what he has given me, the lessons that he has taught me, even if during this lifetime I didn't quite understand them when he was alive, and the real compassion for life and the experience that we get in transition is priceless to me. And as we come into this Halloween season and as uh, we are experiencing the loss of my father-in-law and my wife is going through this, which I will talk about in the next podcast, I'm immensely grateful for this temporary life that I have with my daughter, my wife, and you, my friends. I have many who have been through some ups and downs with me and the ability to play music because music is an unbelievably powerful way of collaborating between this realm and the other realm and that we can all play in that vibrational ocean and river together. And more on the music component in the next podcast. So, thank you, George Honeycutt. I appreciate you. I love you. And you listening. I appreciate you too. I hope you're being good to yourself. It's temporary. Love people.